Welcome to Every Step Podcast. I'm Christina Weston. And I'm Judith Beck. Every Step is the podcast where career and life meet. With a new guest every episode, we explore the gutsy issues affecting everyone in the workplace. Today, we welcome Denise Garth. Denise is a top 50 influencer for insurance. She's a top 50 women in SaaS in 2020 and top 10 women in fintech to know in 2022. Denise is the chief strategy officer at Majesco for strategy, marketing, industry relations, and innovation. Today, our topic is breaking down barriers. Now, the three of us here today We've all had long, successful careers, and I'm sure there's been lots of barriers or even perceived barriers that we've had to break down to get where we were, because we we actually all came up in a time in the industries that we've been in, finance and technology, where there were very few women in senior positions, and we got there. So Let's start with talking about what were the barriers that we had to knock down and what perceived or otherwise. And I'll start with you, Denise, and welcome. Oh, thank you. I'm looking forward to the conversation. You know, I think um, when I entered into the workforce after graduating from college, um, I graduated with a math and uh, math major and a business minor. And I had planned on becoming a doctor, but I switched um, um, my sophomore year over to computer science and math. And so I went in as um, a tech person, as a programmer, and started that whole career. There were only four women in in the IT department at that time, and I was the only one with a four-year college degree. So it was um, definitely um, a time where... Uh, there were few women in technology uh, with that background and even with a college degree uh, back in 1980 um, to really kind of go into that. And I think that that was something that was really interesting and unusual because early in my career uh, for the insurance company that I worked for, they did a, a, a an early leadership assessment on, on promising uh, young people who came into the organization. And they found that I uniquely had both a left and right brain kind of oriented perspective, which is almost balanced, which is kind of unusual. And it indicated strong capabilities to visualize, envision, and strategize. And yet I was very analytical and creative. And so I had lots of opportunities very early in my career that um, most women uh, did not have um, because of that background and probably because of my hardworking background is coming off of a farm in Iowa. So, you know, I think that you have to kind of um, recognize what you're stepping into and recognize that you're going to have to be really strong uh, within yourself and know who yourself, know yourself, know your capabilities and just kind of, um, you know, prove it every single day. Yeah, absolutely. Christina? Yeah, look, I'm so glad that you said your hardworking background. When Judith and I were chatting before we started recording and before you you joined us, I said to Judith, I'm going to be really controversial. I'm going to say that it's all about mindset. And and it, it is. I mean, yes, there are perceived barriers and sometimes there are real barriers. But I think the biggest barrier is what goes on in our own heads our own self-limiting beliefs, our own 
belief, our own story of I'm not good enough or whatever's going on, I think that is the biggest barrier to getting ahead because like you, I was in financial services early on in my career and I, I just worked really hard. I put in the hours and I worked really hard um, and I knew what I wanted and I, and I went for it. And, okay, people thought I was aggressive. You know, Christina, oh, she's really scary. But I was just I was just working hard. I didn't believe there were barriers, so to speak. And um, I'm hearing echoes of that sentiment, Denise, in, in your comments. Yep. I would also say the other aspect is, is that, you know, I think that at that time in any uh, industry, you know, there were kind of the traditional paths of, of you know, moving up the, the chain of management and all of those types of things. Um, the first couple of years, the first two, three, four years, I did that. And then I kind of took the path. Uh, I took different paths. And, um, you know, one of my favorite uh, poems is by Robert Frost. Uh, the roads less traveled. And I took a lot of unexpected paths um, in my career. They were risky, um, um, you know, because um, I was kind of going up the traditional path of IT. And then I got this opportunity to go into and do business process reengineering, head up an entire new department, gave me opportunity to work inside every, every part of the organization. And I continued that along my career. And I think for women, to your point, you know, we've got to believe in ourselves. I think sometimes taking the paths less taken by men, uh, that men will typically kind of only see that hierarchical view. We all kind of take different paths. And I think mm. it opens up a lot more opportunities and doors for us than we realize. I, I love that. I um I hadn't reflected on that as an aspect of my career. But as yeah. I'm listening to you say that, I, I did a very similar thing. Initially, I started off doing the traditional thing and then life happened and I had opportunities that I hadn't planned and I turned left and then I had an op another opportunity that I hadn't planned and I turned right. And that is that is so true about not taking that linear kind of stepping from one step to the next is go sideways occasionally. Yep. Um, I, that's brilliant. brilliant. I hadn't reflected on that before. Yeah. Some of the best opportunities are going sideways. I found, you know, in the early years that it was about the working hard and getting um, noticed from that point of view. So, mm -hmm. so um, probably gender issues weren't even an issue then um, as far as they want the best person, that person works hard so you can move up a little fast. But then once you get into the management side or you want to be a manager, then I found that it was about connections and it was about and and again, I didn't find it about gender. I found it about connections and about being connected with who knows who and making sure that people in the organization know you because I never put that barrier up. And that was what but that was because something I was taught from a very young age by my mother and grandmother and even my father. Um, you can you can get from A to B. It's about the skills and capabilities and don't put barriers in front of you. And when you see them, you got to figure out how to get around them or over them. And so how do I get into that management position? What if that barrier is? They don't know me. They don't know what I um, am capable of. Well, then I got to let them know. 
<laughs> I got to make sure I network with them. I got to make sure people know who, who I am. You know, something you just said um, also resonates in that I think we probably all come from families that very much encourage us as, as young women, you know, um, entering into our careers. But something else that you said, it's who you surround yourself with. And so for me, um, it was my um, my husband, you know, when um, choosing each other and choosing him was very, very, um, was very unique because um, his friends would say, well, when are you going to have babies? And she's going to stay home and goes, she's never going to do that. She's, she's the primary breadwinner in this family. And he was always very proud of that. And he was always very encouraging that we moved for my job. We didn't move for his job, but he was in an alternative kind of non-traditional career because he was an elementary teacher, a male elementary teacher, which was very unusual at that time. Yeah. So we really understood each other's kind of challenges, but from different careers and different, um, you know, sectors, so to speak. And I would say that him, along with the friends that you choose, you can have lots of acquaintances, but I have a very small set of friends that I can always rely upon, um, you know, and I think that who you surround yourself with really also helps you make sure that those barriers um, come down or that you don't let barriers you know, come up to kind of stop you either. Oh, yeah. I love I love what you're saying. Um, and again, that is again something I haven't reflected on, but that is also super true. We've we've just released um a podcast. So those of you that haven't listened, our podcast with Elizabeth Best about um love it, love at work. And one of the topics that came up for both Elizabeth and myself is that we both chose partners early on in our careers that were not supportive of us. And that has quite detrimental effects that yep. were um, jealous of our success and felt intimidated by our our success. And, and that does have a very, a very substantial and negative influence on your belief in self, on your uh, belief mm -hmm. in your capability and what you're good at and what you should be doing. So it, or it's taking the risk of a different job or taking, taking that left or right turn. Yeah. Yeah. So you, know, you were really blessed to have met someone early in your career that was super supportive of what you were doing and um, actively helped you pursue your, your career goals because I think many of us find that that's not the case and it's actually a challenging thing to do to be really disciplined about who you surround yourself with and I think that's only starting to happen for me as I've matured. So, um, yeah, go it's you for having figured that out really young. Yeah, it's very, and you need to um, get rid of the can't people mm. and surround yourself with the okay. can people. Because yep. as soon as you've got people that go, you can't do that, you can't do that. Well, I mean, those kind of things were always a red rag. Uh, for me, it was like, don't tell me I can't do something because then I will. But you want people who will say, you can do that. Maybe you yeah. haven't got the experience yet, but if you take these um, if, steps to get this experience, well, that then is a barrier perhaps that you do need to cross off. Like I, I, I need to be able, if I want to get here, I need to be able to do A, B, and C. So I'm going to have to take this course learn learn this function do whatever it takes to get there but i can do it if i want to do it and yeah. the people who are around you who are supportive 
are going to make all the difference in the world because you can get in a group where you just get sucked into the negativity and then you start believing that you can't do it. And it's very hard to, to climb out of that, um, you know, if you've been doing it for so long. So you really got to get those people in your corner who are supportive, yeah. who will say you can do this. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> our sense of belonging, our need to belong and to be part of the tribe um, inhibits us from actually being brave and being passionate and doing what it is that we want to do and taking that next step or taking that promotion. Um, yep. And again, and I think one of the other things that kind of ties into that, you know, about the, the people that you surround yourself with is that, is that how do you, how do you create your connections? You made the comment um, about making connections, you know, with other people. And boy, do I wish that LinkedIn had been uh, around way back in, uh, at the beginning of, of my career, you know, but I am diligent about making sure that I connect with people. You know, if I'm at a, a meeting or an event or whatever, I always try to connect with people because those connections are really, really valuable. You know, as I've kind of changed my career and had different opportunities, I didn't go out and apply for jobs beyond my first job. I had opportunities come to me because of the connections that I had. And I think that people don't value those connections enough and they don't spend the time to nurture them. So, you know, having been blessed that way, when people reach out to me and say, hey, I'm looking for a new opportunity, I try to, you know, identify where that might be an opportunity for them, you know, and make those connections because it always comes back in multiples to you if you're willing to kind of do that for other people. And I think, that's something that my personal belief is, is that there are men that can do that really well, but I think it's a natural for women. It's about that, you know, it's part of our nurturing and that kind of networking. And I don't know, it's just, you know, it's, I think a little bit more natural for us. Yeah. But I think the big thing is though, women need to believe it and they, yeah. need, to, uh, they need to see the benefit of it because mm -hmm. in, in, when I was running my executive search firm, um, and trying to get female can women candidates, a lot of them didn't believe it. And they weren't as connected as the male, um, as their male counterparts. And they weren't working it. You know, they weren't, you know, a lot of it was confidence, lack of confidence of approaching someone or, you know, making that connection with someone. And it's like, where the guys had no problem going up and talking to somebody that they didn't know, calling, picking somebody up, that type of thing. And, you know, I just look at, I just look at how we just, how we got connected because Gary, Gary Bennett, who was, who's been on one of our podcasts. Now, Gary, I placed him in his first general manager position about 30 years ago as a wow. part of my network. And, and we've, and then he's moved all over the world. And we've kept in contact. And then he meets you over in New York. Then he or over. And then he introduces you to to us. And you know, but that's like thirty years later. <laughs> so connections are for life. And I keep telling people these days that start making them now. You don't make your connections when you need them. Exactly. You don't all of a sudden go. Oh, I'm 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 I need a new job. So I'm, I'm going to start making all these connections. You need to nurture them for years and years. <laughs> 
And be generous exactly. about sharing your be generous about sharing your connections. If you see, if you have a connection that can support somebody else, share share that. I think there's a lot of um, what's the right expression. Women are often a little bit concerned to help others. I don't know what it is. It's maybe a scarcity mindset where if if I'm if I'm helping to others too much, there isn't enough to go around for me. And and we make we've seen a lot of people make comments about women in particular tend not to be very supportive of other women and we haven't quite got to the bottom of why that happens or why there's the perception of that but yeah just it's just getting be better generous. i think it's, just be generous yeah it's, it's 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 getting better i mean i think it is getting better as far as um with with knowledge comes power right so it's it's getting out there that you know this is a good thing and i think probably in the early days there was that competition thing and you know, I won't give that. But I re I remember um, I remember my headhunter. I don't know as if it was always competition. I called it the queen bee effect. Yes, yes. I, I I had a woman who was an executive. It happened twice in two companies that I did, and and they wanted to be the only woman that was recognized. I called it the queen bee effect. Yeah. And they were not supportive of women at all, of other smart women. In fact, they were threatened by them. <clears throat> so it wasn't a competition. It was really that they wanted to just take all of the energy and it all focused on them. And and I call it the queen bee effect. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, um, and that's a shame. I think, you know, the yeah. ones that do that, um, it is their own lack of confidence in themselves um, mm -hmm. that they they really don't believe that they're good enough to stand yep. on their own. So then that therefore they've got to knock other people around them. And and look, there's plenty of men around there that have done that as well who who yep. don't like people. I've seen that over the years as well. But um, it's a shame that there isn't more um, more women who are helping. And I, and I think that is the confidence thing of just saying, like, I know that when I would contact women for roles. Um, if they weren't interested, they were less likely to refer someone where the guys would, would go, look, I just got into this role or I'm happy here and I'm not interested. But I know three people that you could call that would be good for this role. And I remember years ago when when I was in banking, I had a headhunter call me. It was one of the best things I ever did. And I had just gotten into the role. So I wasn't going to leave a role I just took. And and I thought, oh, you know, because, you know, you always think, oh, great, a headhunter has contacted me. This is when I was in banking. And, and I said, oh, but I know a couple people. And don't forget to keep me in mind for other opportunities <laughs> just because I've said no to this one. Um, exactly. And that headhunter, that headhunter did stay in contact. In fact, that headhunter later on, when I had my own business, ended up working for me in my Sydney office. So it was again that keeping contact and networks and and um, you know don't let a good phone call go to waste. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what do you think some of the barriers are today? Like, what do you think are the barriers that people who are just coming up in their career are going to face different perhaps than what we did? Um, I think that some of the barriers um, for some of the young women coming up today, um, I think that um, 
I don't I I think this next generation of particularly Gen Z and maybe some of the younger millennials, um, they th there's I, I see this a lot. Well, that's not in my job. Well, oh, that's yeah. not part of my job. <laughs> Um, or um, um, I don't want to do that. That's not something I like to do. Um, I see this kind of um, element of privilege, you know, that they've kind of been given everything. And so they kind of think that they can kind of decide, pick and choose what they want to do and whatever. And I think that their challenge is going to be is that to actually succeed and break barriers, they got to put in the hard work. Yeah. They got to be willing to go the extra mile. They've got to be willing to think outside the box. And I worry that, I don't wanna just say the entire generation, but I would say that there's a lot of them that don't really understand that because it's been easy for them. And I think as we move into um, an economic environment that's gonna be much, it has become much more challenging. It's a shock to some of these kids. Um, you know, that, oh, now we're having layoffs or, oh, now we're, you know, this is happening or whatever. We don't get the kind of raises we thought we would get. And it ebbs and flows, as we know, through our careers, you know, when economics change, but they've never experienced that. All they've experienced is everything been right there at their taking and, 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 and being able to have it. I think the other aspect is their misuse of social media. I think that their misuse of social media um, that they share too much and they are too flippant about things, I think we'll come back and, and um, um, put up barriers because unfortunately it kind of gets to, are you really serious? You know, are you more concerned about this versus being a really serious professional type of thing, whatever that profession is. And I think that that, I think those two things I think are what concerns me for this next generation coming up. And it's not that the barriers are being put in front of them. I think they've actually put the barriers there themselves in many ways. Yeah, absolutely. And also the barrier that they're probably experiencing right now is verbal <laughs> communication. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're not learning the skills of how to okay. communicate face-to-face -face oh, with people great one. and to, you know, you know, basically win the sale, close the deal, that type of thing, and build the relationship. They're not... Building those relate, they're not building that relationship, and probably COVID put them. <laughs> well, I always say that if, like, I, you know, if if you're a young one coming up today, if you could just go around those barriers and learn those skills, you will be at the top ten percent because the rest of them won't be in that category, and nope. you'll 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 because leaders have communication skills and they know mm -hmm. how to inspire and get people people together. And those skills are, I think, definitely going by the wayside. And do you think, though, that, um, and I hate to say it, but I, I, I was discussing this with my husband the other day, that basically the kids that are coming up today have been brought up in the, um, the, the era of trying to, your kids are my friends, instead of being the parent. Mm -hmm. So they're, so the parents are being more my friend, rather than, and then, and, and there's not a lot of discipline in the early days. Like right now, kids are getting technology at three years old. And, you know, mm -hmm. you think, what's that going to do in 10 years time to them? You know, how my husband was a, was a, um, when he retired from teaching, um, he uh, did a second career for a period as an adjunct professor. 
And I can't tell you the number, and it was an all girls college. And I can't tell you the number of young women coming in that could not write, they could not speak. Um, um, all they thought about was texting and they could not put thoughts together. And whatever they saw on social media, they thought it was fact. And so he did like a social, uh, social uh, class and he would put out um, very provocative kind of topics and kind of get them to engage and they would say, oh yeah, that's for sure fact, this is on Facebook or this is on Instagram or whatever. And he'd start showing the facts and they don't know how to kind of critically think, yeah. um, you know, and really research that. And so they're easily swayed into whatever, you know, their friends are saying or whatever social media does. And I think that's a barrier to really having that outside the box thinking, that critical thinking that I don't care what profession you're in, you're going to have to have that at some point in your career. And if you kind of go along with a crowd, it's kind of like the lemmings, go along with the lemmings and jump off the cliff. You're not going to, you're not going to find a, um, you know, that your career is going to be as successful potentially as what it could be if you really develop that critical thinking skill. Absolutely. And some of the things you've, you've talked about, we've heard other leaders share those same kind of concerns about that next generation coming through. And it kind of feels like we're standing back watching a potential train wreck. But as leaders, I guess where, where my head's kind of going in this conversation is as leaders, what's our response to this? We're watching it. We're observing it. We're experiencing it. How do we actually change it so that we're not just standing by watching a train wreck that we actually intervene and and i think a mentor i think it's mentoring i think it's um you know different um ways that you kind of engage i know when i speak we have a mentor uh program um at at, at, at my company right now at majesco and i'm mentoring a young woman um but i have other women that reach out to me periodically asking for my advice on things I think you take that opportunity to kind of mentor them. I do it with my own daughter. You know, she um, um, she's in a different profession outside of the, outside of this industry that I'm in. And she'll come home and she'll say, do I, you know, I can't believe they're asking me to do this. And my husband and I will look at her and we'll say, dear, that's real life. That's real work. You know, even if it's not technically within your job, if you really want to be successful and show that you need to move on, you, you need to do some of those things. And so, you know, it's it, it's all about talking it through and mentorship, I think, in many cases. Yeah, absolutely. Abs well, I remember I had this young lady come up to me at a conference one time and she said, I think I'm being discriminated against because they've given me, she was a business development um, consultant. And she said, they're giving, they're giving me all the bad clients, C clients, not the A's or the B's. And she was new into the organization with a group of grad grad levels. And um, and so I had a chat with her. And basically, all the other grad levels got all the C clients too. And I, and I had to say to her, you're not being discriminated. You're the new kid on the block. And the new kid on the block always will get the, the low risk clients. They're not going to give you the A clients or the B clients um, because those are high risk and you're just learning. And she was she had it in her in her mind that she was being discriminated against and that she should leave. And it was the yeah. wrong barrier that she was putting that barrier in front of her. And it was the wrong barrier. Her perceptions weren't correct. And luckily, she actually did speak to someone because the company she was at 
is probably one of the least discriminatory type companies and they have all kinds of great um, programs, one of the biggest companies around. And so, you know, it would have been a shame for her to think that way and leave a good company because of the wrong idea. Yep, exactly. But I think the retraining of that, to, to answer your question, Christina, as well, is what do we do? And the reality is, is that I think companies need to, one, acknowledge that. They need to understand that this is happening. Even though, these, even though graduates and th- are coming into the organization, they should be adults. They should know what they're doing. The reality is they've been trained in a different way. They, and they may not have the communication skills. So acknowledge that and maybe work on soft skills, a soft skill training course, a good induction program so that they understand what, what the company expects and what culture that they're, they're working at um, and have and pair them with mentors who are more, a lot more senior than they are, who can help them and guide them and help them knock down those, uh, those uh, misperceptions that they're that they're seeing because of what they saw on social media <laughs> because the reality in the workplace is different yep yeah it's, agree almost, more. yeah it's almost like we're taking the role of of retrain we as leaders i'm saying we have to take the role of retraining them and pick up the pieces where the education system has failed the parenting whatever i don't know what i'm not going to be judgmental about parents but Somehow we as parents, and I'm going to point to myself because I've raised a daughter too, and you kind of hear these similar issues, there's a lot of responsibility that's gone before us. And now as leaders, we kind of have to pick up the pieces. And as organisations, we have to put in training programs and, and, and teach them a whole bunch of stuff about how fundamentally how to be a better human. Because if you're a better human, you're going to be a better colleague, you're going to be a better leader. Yeah. Just seems yeah. a bit messed up to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that I think the issue is, is that, I mean, wouldn't it be great if high schools taught that in year 12, taught social skills and soft skills in year 12 so that they were ready when they went to, to college or maybe they didn't go to college and they're ready to go into the work. Actually, they need to start sooner than that because course, you're kind of set in your way. They do. Yeah, they need to start that. Yeah, I would say well, it starts. Yeah, it starts even much sooner than that. Having my husband been a uh, elementary and middle school guidance counselor, um, you really need to start much much earlier because they kind of get set in their ways in a lot of stuff. Yeah, they probably primary school as well. But so you you kind of think that the the parents are teaching them, you know, the the uh, how to be respectful and how to do all that uh, as well. So. But then the teachers probably go, well, why should I teach them how to be? Shouldn't their parents have taught them that? And then if a teacher goes and tries to um, discipline them, they get in all kinds of trouble. And, you know, it's a, like it to me, teaching would be one of the hardest jobs there is today it because is. They, they don't know what they can and can't do. And, you know, there's different everybody has a different opinion and and just with parents coming up like the boomers and everything i mean at the end of the day we every parent who was bringing up their kids 
would have thought I'm going to do it differently than my parents were too strict. So I'm going to be a little bit more freer. I'm going to let my kids do that. And and every parent sets out thinking that's the right way of doing it. We all think we're doing better. and <laughs> That's right. I'm not going to worry about it. If, you know, uh, they have boyfriends at uh, 16 or whatever, you know, everybody has different rules, but they don't always work. And then you don't find it out till later. And so then you re, you have to reinvent the wheel again. So, but you know, at the end of the day, in a work culture, barriers. There's so many different people of different nationalities, different views, different ways of thinking. At the end of the day, it's about how to get from A to B in the business, and what are those skills that I need to do to get that. And that's dealing with people, respect you know, inclusion, um, delivering things on time, high quality. Those are the things that are, you know, we think are so basic. Absolutely. That's, that's and just, and just, you know, like if, if somebody would have asked us in our first job going in there to do something that, you know, we thought was, um, you know, um, admin focus, we would have done it because we would have thought, yeah, I'm going to show them you would never have questioned it. But I think to, it's because the economy as well. And Vanessa, who we had on our podcast not that long ago, she said, this is nothing a good recession won't, won't sort fix, out. Yeah. <laughs> well, <thanks. laughs> oh, and we've all seen those cycles. We've all seen those cycles. We, you know, um, we had a recession in Australia. They called it the recession we had to have. And I remember that we were doing these grad positions for the electric, the electrical uh, electricity company, a whole group of them. And one of my um, consultants um, was speaking to, to somebody in a, one of the Sizzlers. Remember the Sizz Sizzler restaurants? Yeah, yeah. One of the Sizzlers. Yeah. And this kid who was sweeping behind you know sweeping in the back heard her talk about grad well he took the initiative to basically drop the broom and say i'd be interested and he ended up he he was a, an immigrant from africa and I'll, I'll never forget he came in with this beautiful purple purple suit all suit looking a hundred percent he was black beautiful white teeth and shiny eyes came in and and literally in Australia back then you didn't see a lot of black people you just didn't and he, and he came in and he nailed the interview he got the job he brought his mother in with flowers for the consultant to Aww. say thank you very much and she got a call now he now the reason I brought up his color and everything is because you'd think people perceive that, that that there's barriers, but he didn't put a barrier in front of him. And he contacted um, that consultant every year after that, when because he, he kept getting promoted. And he'd go, Lena, I'm out on site. I just got promoted. And I just want to thank you once again. <laughs> gratitude. Gratitude goes a long gratitude, way. But no barrier. He just went for it. He, he didn't listen to everything everybody was telling him that he couldn't do. And he just went, I can do this. I got a purple suit. It looks good on me. I'm wearing it. <laughs> Great power color. Fabulous, fabulous conversation, ladies. Just as we as we wrap up, Denise, what are your kind of 
key takeouts of this breaking barriers conversation? What are, what are the key thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, what I would tell people is, um, I think, three or four things um, that we kind of talked about. Um, know yourself. Um, you know, we started off with that. And um, know you what you like, your strengths, your values, your goals. And know when to double down or stay or walk away um, because you're the person responsible for your career. Nobody else is. Um, and I would say um, be open to possibilities. Take risks and be fearless. Take that different path um, because it will end up giving you such a rich and robust kind of experience and relationships that you can really count on. And obviously push boundaries, you know, thinking outside the box, do things differently, change the status quo. But I think to do all of that, you've got to be really curious. It's something I haven't shared with you, but I think that you've got to be curious. You've got to always want to be reading, learning, understanding, open to a lot of different things. And I think curiosity um, is really an amazing um, um, thing that can really kind of empower you to really uh, push boundaries and take risks. Judith, that's brilliant. Thanks, Denise. Judith, what are your what are your thoughts? There's some really before you say something, Judith. There's some really wonderful themes coming through here that we've actually covered off on on in other podcasts. So that that curiosity theme has has come up before as a very very powerful um, as a very very powerful attribute. So, Judith, yeah, yeah. I would look. I would say, um, I would first of all, I would not let someone else dictate what my dream is. By, by putting these barriers up. So if you if you think there's barriers, you've got to find a way around them and over them. And you know, you've got to um, look at it and go, this is what I want to do. How do I, how do I get there? What are the steps I need to take? And do it. And don't concentrate on the negative. Concentrate on how you, it's up to you. It's up to no one else but you. You have 100 percent control of everything that you do. And if you take that 100% and start chopping it down in a way by what others say you can or can't do or whatever your misperceptions are, then all of a sudden you're gonna be at 10%, not at 100% control. And that's not a good position to be in. So start at 100% and stay there. Yeah, I think Judith, you're spot on there. We are, we are always in control. We're in control of what goes on in our heads. We're in control of the effort we put in. We're, we're in control of the, the friends we have, the people we surround ourselves, the actions that we take. And um, yeah, we need, to be, we need to be responsible for that. So I love all the fabulous suggestions. Um, it's not where I thought the conversation would go, but gee, it's gone to a, to a great place because <laughs> everything always comes back to us, right? We are always responsible for ourselves and don't blame others. There might be some realistic situations that happen where you are being victimised and there are true barriers and go and get some help, go and get some support. And if, if it is really happening, and yes, there are those kind of situations, you know, get a strategy, get support, deal with it. But first of all, reflect, look inside and work out if the problem is you first. Yeah. Ladies, thank you so much. Love this conversation. Um, Denise, it was an absolute delight having you um, share this chat with us well, today. Thank you very much. And I'm glad our common connection of Gary brought us all together. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, ladies. For more information about Every Step and our guests, head to everysteppodcast.com. To be notified of new podcasts, please subscribe via your favorite listening platform. And of course, follow us on social media and direct message us to share your ideas about guests or topics.